Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sitting with Sean, extraordinary episode number eight. Today, I have an awesome, awesome, awesome guest, good friend of mine, uh, Megan Miura. I think I said it wrong again. You even told Megan me how to Moira. say it. Moira, God. I, Moy, that, Moy, <laughs> Moira. Yeah, that's a name I have never been able to pronounce properly. I have friends. I have uh, my my daughter's uh, grandma, step-grandma, or yeah, yeah. Uh, her name is Samora. It's uncommon, but it's hard to pronounce. It's a very Italian name. It's actually Irish. <laughs> it's Irish? Yeah, Irish Gaelic. Well, look at me. Look it at means me, huh? goddess of fate and destiny. It's my middle name. Well, Go Wonder figure. Woman. Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, so uh, my good friend Megan here, uh, she is an amazing, amazing person. And... Uh, and um, Megan, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself? Um, my name is Megan Moira. I am an intergalactic psychic medium. I am known for bringing in very clear, very accurate information and helping people in their healing. Um, evidence that I oftentimes bring through is names and ways that people passed and songs that are connected to people as well and geographical evidence as well. Um, Sean can vouch for this too. (laughs) So, but my favorite people to work for are skeptics. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the first time that we met, and I'm gonna be completely transparent, I think you already know this without me having to Mm -hmm. say. Say it. She She came to me, I was on TikTok, and like normally if people come to me and say I'm psychic mediums, or if I watch a video and someone says I'm a psychic medium, I'm not going to give him the time of day. And I didn't at the moment. And she was like, your great grandfather was in World War II. I have a picture of my great grandfather hallway. She mentioned that before she even said anything. And I don't talk about my great grandfather because of what he did when he was in the army. You know, at the t- like now we can talk about it, but I don't really talk about it because that's a part of, of my, my, my past. And she said that I was like, I'm sold. You have my attention. Brought up his name or his initial, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then how he passed. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then she started talking about other things that were very relevant to my life. A good buddy of mine who I lost to suicide, uh, John, she brought him up, talked about him, talked about, she, she gave me the salute, which is, that's it. That was his salute, you know, to everybody, you know, whether it was fuck you or whether it was like, good morning, that's who it was. And he always said good morning. Um, and that was his thing. And so since then, I've been like, I'm going to listen to what you have to say because you have a lot of of things that that are are, are relevant to my life. And they help me out a lot. Um, so before we start anything, I want to say thank you. You're awesome. I want to say thank you for not being a dick and blocking me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I try not, I try not to, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. It's my honor to help someone like you who has been through as much shit as you have and lost as many people as you have and helping you understand that you're not walking alone and that you are always guided and protected from the other side in right. the ways that you needed to know, because everybody has their bad days and that was not the best of your days. But you yeah. needed to hear that because they said that you needed to hear that. Yeah. And it was a push from heaven where mm-hmm. it was like, hey, you need to let them know that we're around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to get I wanted to get Megan on the show um, because she is a very uh, amazing human being. Uh, extraordinary, if you might say, uh, you know, it's not every day that you have somebody come out and, and, and say, Hey, look here, uh, I've got something that you need to hear. And, uh, I hope you're ready to hear it. Um, and that's, that's, uh, to me that that's, that's astounding. So, um, when was the first time that you realized that you had, that, that you had, uh, this special gift? Um, my first memory is actually before I was even one years old, I was sitting up and my mom was trying to roll a ball to me and I saw my great, great grandmother's spirit come up the stairs and I noticed that nobody else was looking at her, but I was looking at her and I saw her beautiful red hair and this golden glow around her. I'm like, 
okay, why isn't everyone else noticing this? And my mom is looking at me thinking, okay, what's wrong with my child? She's not playing the ball, you know, like pushing the ball back at me. There's nothing back there. What is she looking at? You know, like thinking what the heck. And that was just a portion of it. But I would bring through the names of people that passed before I was even born when I was just a kid. And I would bring up evidence like, oh, who's the red haired man that used to pull your toe when you were sleeping mom? And that was her grandfather. And then, you know, like evidence on what his personality was and the different things that he would do just, you know, his struggles with his mental health, lots of different variables there. But um, I would know when somebody in the family was going to die before they did. I would know when um, one of my cousins was going to be pregnant or ended up having a child or there was going to be a move. Like I could name pretty much everything. It was really tough growing up with that because this is the 80s that I grew up yeah. And people yeah. are looking at you like, okay, where did you come from? What's wrong with you? Um, oftentimes called the witch and other things. And it's like, okay, now I know it's not a bad thing if somebody calls me that. But back then yeah. when I was a kid, it's like, okay, why are you calling me that? So, yeah. And, and that, 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 you know, to a, a lot of kids would run from that, you yeah. know, what made you embrace it? It was, a battle. Um, I grew up in a very strong Catholic family, Irish Catholic, inevitably. But with that, it was um, some people weren't as open to it as others. There's still kind of like that, that judgment against it, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. um, by some people where they don't understand that. But my grandparents were spiritually gifted on both sides, just in different ways. And my mom's parents were very supportive of my gifts and my dad's mom as well. Um, My mom is also very psychic and has had her own experiences with spirit as well. So over time, it got to be where it was like, you know, feeling like I was the outsider growing up. I had a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse that I went through as well, which didn't make things easy either. But it was my connection with spirit that kept me going because I would have interactions with my uncle that passed by suicide when I was two years old. Um, and I would have interactions with um, animals that we had passed and other people that I knew in our family. And, you know, they kept me going when I felt like giving up. So that just like made it stronger in my wanting to help other people that were feeling that same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I can relate to that. You know, uh, I, I think that when we have that helping nature, uh, it, it comes off a little bit off putting sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I, like, uh, you know, humankind now, and I've noticed this humankind now, when you, you start to mention, I want to help you, they're like, well, there's a hidden agenda and I'm going to find that hidden hidden agenda. But in the meantime, I'm going to, I'm going to be this asshole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm going to take from you and take from you and take from you until until I figure out what that hidden agenda is. And there, there's good hearted natured people like yourself that really that really don't want. There's no hidden agenda. It's just this is what you get. Mm-hmm. And this is who I am. And if you don't accept that, then, you know, I'm sorry, but this is who I am. I've always worked from the heart. I've never wanted anything. I've just always yeah. wanted to help people and make this world a better place in the ways that I can. Um, I generally don't reach out to people. You know, I, I don't, I've been taught that money is energy, but when something comes that that's an urgent matter, say I had a client a few months ago and she's going around and telling people all about this story, but I had a client a few months ago and I had just gotten off of a reading and I went into my room to grab something. And then I felt a push from spirit. And I looked up and there's a shoe box that I had with this client's name on it because of the brand of shoe that it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and the style of the shoe. So I was told by spirit, she's like, her aunt and spirit comes through and she says, you need to message her now. I'm like, okay. And she says, you need to tell her not to follow through with her plans tomorrow. She was going to get pills that had fentanyl in them. She would have been dead. 
She is a recovering addict. And that being said, when I reached out to her, sure enough, she had those plans. So I got on the phone with her for a little while and I was trying to help her move through the feelings that she was having with everything. And sure enough, she's doing a lot better now. But those kinds of things, when that comes through, I'm not going to brush it off. Her parents thanked me. They're so grateful that she's still here because she wouldn't have been. Yeah. And that's not fair. Have you taken the time to process that you saved a life? It happens frequently, honestly. And I, I don't look at it that I'm saving a life. I look at it like I'm being, I'm a vessel for that from the divine where I'm helping in the ways that need be done. Yeah. No, I understand that. But if, you know, from a perspective of somebody that, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't have the ability that you have and hasn't lived with this, with this amazing ability that you have, um, you could have stopped it. You could have been like, Nope, Nope. I, nope. This is, I I've had a shit day or I've had a, had a day where from hell or a week from hell. And you could have just stopped it there and said, Nope, I'm good. But you, you, you instead listened and, and you made that contact. And had you not done that, she may not have been around. I never want to disappoint God and the angels. And that's yeah. who I work with is the yeah. angels. Yeah. And yeah. with that, I feel that there's a lot of misconceptions with what I do. A lot of people think that it's like dark and dreary and, oh, even dramatic. Um, I've even been compared to, oh, that's demonic or, the, oh, that's evil that you do that. But that's the thing is that people don't understand the lives that are saved with the information that comes through. I've been able to tell people when they have, you know, a medical issue that needs attention before it's actually been found and been able to give them preventative information in that way. Um, Prevention sake, like um, say that they're going to an Airbnb and there's cameras in there that they need to know about. I've even been told that that kind of information, which can be damaging to somebody. Mm -hmm. So there are so many different things that people just don't understand. And it's not right for anyone to judge because if your name isn't God, you don't have the right to judge. Facts, facts, very much facts. Um, I I think it's astounding, you know, just, just simply astounding because, um, you, you know, you're, you're not just helping people out with the trauma, but you're, you're helping people get past certain things that, that they're not able, that, that they've put a block on or that they've mentally blocked out. And you're able to, you're able to, to, to touch those people in a way that, that it's changing the aspect and the perspective of their life. So I do want to say thank you for that because not, like I said, not very many people are going out there with the, with, without an agenda and you're doing it. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Um, So um, with with that being said, uh, like how was, how was, you know, growing up, like how was, how was the social interaction with, with other kids? Cause that, that's gotta be rough. That has to be rough. So I was very popular in elementary school for a while, um, hung out with all the cool kids and everything, but I would have moments where say I would see somebody that was, so I'd be sitting in class and some of the students would have a grandparent in spirit that was around them. Mm-hmm. And so I would bring up, Hey, why, you know, what's your grandpa doing here? And they'd say, my grandpa died. And I'd be looking at them like, okay, what, what did you just say? Yeah. That type of thing. And that created some issues, obviously, because people were like, okay, she's weird, that type of thing. But I was always, off in my own world. My mom always says that I've always been more focused on heaven than actually earth. Like I can't focus that much on that. It was hard in some aspects. There was one incident that I'm going to bring up to when I was in junior high. Um, So I had spent the night over at a friend's house. And I say friend loosely now. Mm-hmm. But this particular friend wanted to go to the mall and wanted to um, 
go check out boys basically and hang out, you know, just girl stuff. She was 13. I was 15. And so we got there. We walked there from her home and we went to um, the arcade. And every time we got near this guy, I got sick to my stomach and literally had to run to the bathroom and throw up because I was just getting that sick from his energy. Mm -hmm. And I told her, this is what's going to happen. And I want you to stay away from him. She didn't listen to me, ended up going with him. And he did exactly what I said. I ended up being interrogated by the police. Wow. Uh, I would have been kidding you because they thought that I had something to do with what happened. But also, in addition to that, it was a rumor that was spread around the school. And I was left to be the outsider because of it. Mm. So that created a wall for me where I've been very particular with who I trust in that sense. Um, friends don't come easily for me. I'm very particular, very picky about it because I've had a lot of interesting experiences with that. Yeah. Just, I have to be cautious just in general, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when, I have a different experience with friends when it comes to that aspect. For me, I, I, I call a lot of people friend or brother, but uh, mm -hmm. I really consider a lot of people. I, I don't consider a lot of people to be friends, uh, more of acquaintances. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, and it's because uh, I've learned in my in my own recovery that um, that uh, I like to get into the deep end of things and talk about shit that hurts. Yes, and not a lot of people do, and that's a lonely right. fucking place. But it's important too because we all need to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people aren't, aren't wet, aren't willing to get into that deep end really talk about the things that bother us. And so like I've earlier this year, I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to disassociate from every bit of the recovery portion that I give to people uh, because uh, it's lonely and, and, and I don't want to be alone. And then I had one of my guests, he, he jumped on there and, and he, uh, he came to me and he said, Hey man, you like to be in the deep end and I'm okay being the deep end too. He's like, it's a very lonely place and it's not a place that a lot of people like to go. And I was like, mm -hmm. he gets me, he understands. And, uh, I, at that point realized that I'm here for the people that are willing to get into the deep end and talk about those things that suck and, uh, willing to talk about those things that not everybody wants to talk about. And so I've learned to accept that and be okay with that and, and not, not feel so bad because I am there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I can relate to you with being, you know, uh, the lonely, the lonely part of your life a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, well, it was because of the trauma and everything else that I went through and inevitably yeah. also yeah. just added to it. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so, you know, leading in, into high school and, and stuff like that, like, uh, how did, how did, how did, uh, you know, uh, your family react to you coming out and saying like, I'm a little bit more than what I've told you. How, how did they take that? Some have been more accepting than others. It varies from person to person, shall we say? Yeah. Um, unfortunately I've had my fair share of judgments made against me, mm. but that's also because of their inability to understand the importance of an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny how people can be so accepting of other differences, but not so much of how God makes other people. It's like, oh, I'm going to accept this person for being born with a disability, but I'm not going to accept this person for following the way that God made them to be. Yeah. I think that it might be that way because a lot of people look at uh people with abilities is, is like taboo. Cause that's what, that's what, you know, society has said, like, okay. Uh, if this person, if this person has a natural ability that a lot of people don't have, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold the fuck on. Like, I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. I think it's like badass. I wish that I could do some of these things. And it, it's, I, everybody has that ability. And, and I'll say, I'll say that like, I've, I've oh. come to learn everybody has that ability as if you're willing to tap into that part of your, your brain and yep, existence. And I teach that too. 
Yeah. And a lot of people would be astounded at some of the things that they can do if they really just tapped into that part of their brain or, or worked on it or learned how to, how to work with it. Well, we're all souls first and then physical existence comes second. You know, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And everyone forgets that the soul is basically energy. So the soul being energy, the soul is going to be intuitive and have, you know, that that awareness with emotion and yeah. awareness of instinct and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And it's when we doubt that 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 brings in trouble. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, moving into the adult portion of your life where you're out of high school and you're, you're an adult. How did you how did you find a way to fit in the world? Oh, Lord, we're going to go deep now. Ready? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm here for it. OK, I was a hermit. Mm-hmm. I completely went off the grid and stayed at home for a very long period of time. Um, I refused to even look people in the eye or even talk to them. I wouldn't even answer the phone. I wouldn't even answer the door for the longest time. Um, I felt like I was a fuck up. I was a failure. I was never going to be what everyone expected me to be, but also because of what I went through, um, which that will be more, that will be discussed more in depth in my book, which I'm releasing later this year. But that being said, um, with everything that I went through, it was just really hard for me to even find purpose. I struggled a lot with depression and I did succeed once in taking my own life, which thankfully, you know, I, I survived that. Yeah. So, but it was, it was a really rough road for me. And I, I spent a lot of time just being and trying to figure out, okay, where do I belong? Like, how am I going to, find my way through all of this and you know how am i ever going to fulfill the expectations of what's been put on me with the gifts that i have too um i didn't i didn't know that what i do is actually a gift i thought for the longest time that it was something that i needed to be ashamed of because of how other people made me feel with it so I thought of myself as being a burden because of that, which is not a good feeling. No, it's not. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand is, you know, I came into this world knowing that I was born to do this, that I was born to help people, but other people's inability to accept me and to love me and to value me in the ways that I needed, especially as a child and onward, um, created that war within me where I felt like, okay, you know, how am I ever going to be enough? So that was kind of an interesting road for me in that way. Um, and I kept on thinking, you know, well, it, it was like, I was just looking for one good thing and I, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. I was just looking for that one good thing my entire life, that one person that would understand me in the ways that I needed. And I found that in my soulmate, who unfortunately passed in 2019. Um, and uh, that was when I finally felt like I was completely understood and accepted. And like, I didn't have to hide any aspect of who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this before recording. Um but it's that one person that we try to hide from the most and then the one person that understands us the most. And, and that's, that's something that I, I did too, you know, uh, not, not the hermit thing, but I, I went searching for that one person that would, that would understand me, accept me for who I was and not, not judge me for what I had done or where, what I've been through. And mm-hmm. it, and dude, like <laughs> trial and error, failure, after failure, after failure, after, you know, uh, years of, 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 of torturing myself and, and, and punishing myself because I just, I was no good. You know, I, I was, I was the worst person in the room. I, I just felt like complete ass. And then when I finally met my wife, it was like all those, everything like that moment. And that, and it's weird that that moment that you connect with that person, it's like, boom, I, there she is. There he is. 
and this is who I'm meant to be with. And it's, and it, it feels good to feel that way. It doesn't feel like, Oh shit. Like I never once had a question in my mind. Should I be with my wife or, mm-hmm. or is this, is this really working? The, the question that I had is how long do I have with her? Right. Uh, and you know, it, and it's, 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 it's crazy. You know, once you find that one person that, that does it, you know, well, when you know, you know, and your soulmate is the one that co- makes life come to life, but they also bring out the best in you and you never have to hide anything from them. But you, you know, it's like you can be yourself. There's inevitably going to be secrets in any relationship because there's always some to some extent, but it's like in a soulmate relationship or when you're with your primary soulmate, that's where you feel like you're home. They feel like home. They are your home. Mm-hmm. And that's-, that's weird that you say that. It's weird that you say that. Cause my wife always says you feel like home. Um, well, you know how I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I know. Oh, I, I know. I know. And, uh, and so I just dropped this little metal thing. Um, Okay. I fidget I fidget with it when I'm thinking. Uh, but you 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 brought up another good point, uh, and that's the expectations that people have of you mm-hmm. and, and and the expectations that you fail you that you felt like you failed to meet. And this is something I had to learn is that we have expectation that everybody has expectations of us. Mm-hmm. And we will never be able to meet those expectations, no matter how hard we try. I have failed at every step of the way of meeting other people's expectations of me because I couldn't even meet my own expectations of myself. Right. And, and until we learn to, to drop those expectations and, and realize that we're never going to meet their expectations, we're going to forever be fighting to meet other people's expectations when we have right. to create, when we have to create our own uh, reality, our own destiny. And, and and that was something that I really had had a hard time uh, grasping was that like is that I'm always going to fail somebody's expectations and I'm going to fail mine because I have such high standards for myself. But if I if I start to live outside of those expectations and look at everything as a possibility and, and accept that as a reality, then it becomes easier. Yeah. yeah. Is that kind of what you got to? Well, I, I basically learned to give the middle finger to other people's expectations of me. <laughs> to be yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I just don't see the point in trying to live my life in such a way where I'm people pleasing anymore. I kind of lost that, that need for that when I, you know, I went through COVID three times, really serious bouts with it three times. Um, and I think each time it kind of like reminded me of how important it is that I just go on my own path and do my own thing and forget what everyone else thinks. Because yeah. I think that that's what gets in the way of people's ability to be happy is that we're so focused on everyone else's happiness. And I don't yeah. want to be that person anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, if, if, you know, if we're focused on everybody else's happiness and we don't have the happiness to give, mm-hmm. then we're, we're, you know, all we're doing at that point is just is is given what we don't have. Yeah, exactly. You know, I live my life in such a way where I try my best to make this world a better place. Um, I have dedicated my time to helping my clients with readings and teaching courses. Um, another one of the courses that we're teaching now is called the Starseeds Tribe. It's www.starseedstribe.com, so starseedstribe.com. And with that, it's basically um, uniting people that want to know more about the other realms, life in other realms, mm-hmm. extraterrestrials, and you know the things that myself and my colleagues are pretty well aware of, the ones that are teaching the course with me. Mm-hmm. And, I feel that there's a lot of people out there, as you and I have discussed previously too, where star seeds have a tendency to feel like they're misunderstood or they don't really fit in, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But I'm the kind of person where I'm just trying to unite the world in ways that I can. I even I'm getting my certification in spiritual life coaching too, and that I'll be able to help more people in that way too. So I yeah. took my grief, I took my pain, and I decided, okay, I'm going to transmute it into how I can help the world heal. Mm-hmm. In ways 
with the game. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what do you what are you doing now? Uh, what are some of the things that you're doing now? Because I obviously can't talk about everything. But what are some of the things that you're doing now to help other people out? So my book is going to be coming out. Um, Self-publishing yeah. it. Um, basically, it's about every single trauma that I've been through and all of the um, medical issues that I have endured and near-death experiences, which I've had several of those two, several potential exit points is what I call them. Um, mm-hmm. Exit points are basically like points in your life where you could have left and, you know, mm-hmm. um, not quite a near-death experience, but close to it. Mm-hmm. So all that mixed together and... Um, I'm especially with the grief too. I lost my best friend in 2018, um, lost my soulmate in 2019, lost a lot of relatives and other friends too in various times of my life. And with that, I don't want people to give up because I know that the pain of losing someone is great and missing them is deep. I know that that exists and there's a lot of people that choose to end their life or not um, live their best life because of the pain and the grief. So this book that I'm releasing also has proof of heaven and the afterlife and being able to help people understand that, yes, they're still there with you. Mm -hmm. And with that, I, you know, I'm a very shy person. I don't like to, I don't like the spotlight being on me, but I know that I have to get the story out there. I have to help people in the ways that they need for them to heal and I know that this is going to save a lot of people's lives too, because they need to understand that they're never alone and that life does continue. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. even though they die in the physical body, that doesn't mean that they're dead because they're still around us. They're always with us, just living in a different form, living in a different realm. And, you know, the spirit lives forever. Love lives forever. Yeah. You want to know the one thing that you said to me that was like, okay, I, I know, I know I mentioned and I said, you have my attention, but the one thing that you said to me that, that stuck out and was like, I need to listen to her was, uh, the very first thing that you said to me was, uh, continue writing your book. Yeah. And, and for anybody on here that doesn't know me, nobody that is, there's only maybe three or four people that know this. Uh, I started a book before my recovery and it Thanks was, for validating. yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was going to be a book that pretty much I was going to blast everybody who ever did me wrong. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through it, I stopped and I said, this is not the direction it should go. Mm-mm. It needs to face, it needs to focus on what I've done and how I've recovered from it. And when I started entering into my recovery, I stopped because I was not in a place to, I didn't feel I was in a place to write my book. I didn't want it to be a journal. I wanted it to be a, a, a life lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like these are life lessons I've learned. And um, when I stopped, I had no intention to write it. I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to sit on this. Like literally it's sitting in, in my computer that I'm sitting on talking to you right now. And she said, continue writing your book. There's only about five people that know that I wrote, that I'm writing a book and I have not talked about it at all. And, and when she said that, I was like, okay, now you have my attention because nobody else knows that. And it just, it blows my mind that, um, that, you know, you would bring that up and talk about that. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I am writing a book and I stopped, I stopped for reasons that I feel are, are necessary. And, and you were like, thank you for validating, but you need to continue writing that book. And I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. And that was really what, what I was like, okay, you have my attention now. I wrote my book five times, had to rewrite it five times before I was finally like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I still have to go back and do editing. It was just recently formatted, have to get everything going with that. But that being said, when you're led to do something, the one thing that you can't do is stop yourself from doing that something because your soul needs that and you have to feed your soul. Yeah. If you don't feed your soul, your soul is going to be miserable and angry. And if your soul is miserable and angry, then you can't be 
helpful in other people's healing as much as you want to be because you're so focused on other things that don't need your energy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that when I was when I started writing the book, I was writing it with the purpose of it being all about me. Mm -hmm. Like, this is all about me. This is like, I had my big ego in the way and I was just like fucking pride was in the way and, and I was letting it get in the way. Right. And now, now I'm in a position where I realize that all of this, the cumulative portion of my life, what right. I do here, it's not about me. It has no. nothing, nothing to do with me. And, and when people say, oh, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I say, I'm just the catalyst to help you out. Because there's something that you need to get out, which is why you're on my show. It has, mm -hmm. I asked you to be on, on the show and that's because something said, boom, point to that person. And so I did. And there's something that somebody needs to say that's going to, that whether they're on the show and they realize that at that point, or they go back and they rewatch it, that they're like, there it is. I understand it now. Yeah. You can never, ever, ever, ever give up. And that's the one thing that I feel that so many people want to do right now in life is because it's just like, well, what next? What next? What next? Because it's basically a shit show and we're just sitting back eating our popcorn waiting for the next damn thing to happen. Yeah. But that being said, if you give up, you're getting in the way of your ability to heal and your ability to evolve the way that you need to. And somebody needs your light. Somebody needs your voice. Somebody needs yeah. you. And you never know who that somebody is. It can be as simple as opening the door for somebody when you're going out to McDee's or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can totally change somebody's day just by that. I've been known to be that kind of person where I'll pay for somebody's food or I'll pay for somebody's drink or I'll tip somebody, give somebody a big tip just because I know that that's going to change their life some way, somehow, or they're going to pay it forward and do something where they're going to raise the vibration in humanity too. And yeah. more of us need to do that because we don't understand the importance of that and how we need to be more mindful of kindness and compassion in the world. If we don't have more of that, then we are failing. Yeah. And none of us want to fail. We have to find ways of making this world a better place. And it's the small things that do matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like the beginning of the end is when humankind starts losing the compassion and the empathy for other people. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the ultimate downfall is the beginning is the lack of empathy and compassion for, for our fellow man. Yep. And we're here to change that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're going to do that. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this doing all this, what you do that it had like, we've talked, but it has to weigh a ton on you. What do you do to take care of yourself? Like, uh, like your soul and your spirit. So I love music a lot. I love meditating a lot. My dogs are my saving grace. They're like, I just think the world of them, they have been very healing for me. Um, I focus a lot on healing others because healing others helps me in my healing too. And it's not the reason why I do it. The reason why I do it is because I want someone to live their best life and to feel good about themselves again. It's not mm -hmm. about me. It never has been. A lot of people in my profession, unfortunately, they tend to be more focused on, okay, I want this. I want, you know, I, know I want the spotlight on me. And yeah. I think that that gets in the way of their primary focus, which should be in how do I make this world a better place? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely understand that. You know, one of the things when you bring that up, one of the things, one of the questions I have is, do you ever get challenged? Do people say, well, you, you're a psychic medium. Tell me about this. I've had my fair share of Dickasaurus Rex, I'll call him. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> just saying, like, I'm sure of that. Um where they haven't always been the kindest. I've even had people that tried to frame me in a way where they thought that they were going to have a really bad experience and slander me and everything like that. They get into a session with me and their jaws dropped and they're like, how did you know that? Um, I had a reading where I did this reading for um, a veteran that heard of me on a show and he booked with me based on a, 
longtime client of mine talking about me. And so he booked this reading with me and I brought up the fact that he makes charcuterie boards. And he's looking at me and he's like, and then I mentioned all these places that he's been looking at buying an Airbnb, including the city, the state, hmm. things that nobody could know, obviously, and other things. But now he's like, a, you know, he believes in me and he's had two readings with me now. So yeah. that being said, you know, these things that I'm able to bring forth for people, that's my passion. It's my passion. I love what I do. And I just can't wait for all the lives that I'm going to help in this lifetime moving forward to as shy as I am, I'm not going to get to lay low once the book is out. It's going to be like, okay, you know, here it is. I hope that I can help somebody change their life for the better and feel like they have hope again in the way yeah. that they need to. Um, it was really hard for me growing up and seeing my grandparents grieve over losing their son, but they had a lot of different things that they had to work through because of the grief. And all that said, I always wanted to be able to make them feel better too. I actually brought a very healing message to my grandmother when I was younger and you know, she loved the fact that I was able to do that because she had her own experiences. And so she would talk with me about that. Um, I get to talk to them. It's just in a different way. And people forget that, you know, I'm human too. So yeah, I grieve too. You know, today is my soulmate's birthday. He would have been 45 today. And what I'm doing is I'm celebrating his birthday with my mom because she loved him too. And, you know, we just try our hardest to find ways to focus on moving forward. We make a point of celebrating our loved ones in spirit, their birthdays and whatever we can to, you know, keep their memory alive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about is keeping the memory alive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and celebrating the good times. I see a lot of people, and this is something I've had to come to terms with is we, you know, we, we all grieve, but we don't celebrate the good things that that person brought into our lives. Yeah. You know, like my, my buddy, Nick, and, and we've talked about Nick. Um, I was always like, I was always like desperate to, 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 you know, just hear him one time, you know, see him one more time. Cause I didn't get to say what I wanted to say to him before he passed. And, and, and it really fucked me up for, for a long time. And um, I, I, I shied away from the things that we used to do together because we used to do them together. Mm -hmm. And he was like the yin to my yang. I was the nice dude. He was the dickhead. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we'd sit up on guard. He'd call me names and I'd be like, I love you, man. And, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a moment of, of, of anger, I let my pride get in the way and that, that, that prevented me from being able to say what I wanted to say at the time. And, and it took me a very long time to move past that. And, and so like now I'm able to celebrate that. You know, I got this picture that, that sits next to my chair and, and any given chance that I get to talk about him, I talk about him. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty fucking amazing. You make him proud. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. He's a, uh, he was an awesome guy. He was an awesome guy. He 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 had just had a kid before we deployed, and we had always made plans like go fishing and stuff like that. And it's probably one of the reasons I don't go fishing today, is because we made plans and those plans are on hold. Well, he'll still go fishing with you. He's just going to be by your side in a different way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And he's kind of nudging you to that, so just know that that's something that he's not going to let up on you about. I've had many opportunities to go fishing. I actually went fishing uh, Father's Day 2018. Mm -hmm. And I sat, by, I sat by myself, but I didn't feel alone. And uh, I didn't catch anything, but I was like, this is just the feeling that I need. Uh, and yeah, I've had other opportunities where people are like, let's go fishing. I'm like, no, that's reserved. That no. space is reserved. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're both yeah. hard but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty hard-headed. <laughs> I know. 
I'm a, I'm a son of a bitch when I'm hard headed, and this is one of those opportunities that I. Was uh, he says kicks one to no one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 that's the that's the thing about this is like that I I enjoy about our friendship is that if if I'm if I'm saying something, you you can definitely chime chime in and say yeah yeah that's what he's saying. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's a son 100%. of a bitch. You know how I'm pretty sure you already know how I first met him, but I'm gonna share how I first met him. Go ahead. So, so uh, we were in the tattoo shop. I, I was going to get the uh, was it this one? No, this one. Going to get this get tattoo. The skull and bones. Huh? Skull and bones. He did. Thank it you. was it was uh, the real tree, the real tree logo with the skull and the bones, the antlers. Um, I so I just needed to bring it up. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I was sitting in, in the waiting room with my daughter's mom and he was there. He walked in, I looked at him and I was like, you look really familiar. And then we start talking and, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm deploying. I'm in, you know, this, this unit. And I was like, okay, that's, that's awesome. And it just so happened, like got down range and I seen him and I was like, he looks very familiar. And then he had lifted up his shirt and there was the tattoo. And I was like, shut up. And I was like, no way, dude. We we're in the tattoo shop at the same time. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, look, boom. And I showed him that. And then we became friends. And like, we did everything in our power to get put on guard together. Like, yeah. I, I would I would say, hey, look, dude, I'll switch guard shifts with you if I can. And it doesn't even matter if I have to go out on patrol an hour later. Like, I want to spend as much time with him as, as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was just crazy. He's our friendship was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. He uh, he was an asshole. He, like I said, he was the yin to my yang. I was, I was the nice dude, and he was the asshole. Yeah, he's kind of perverted too, but okay. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Oh, I know. Oh, he I just know. really came up to me. I'm not going to tell you what he did on air, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He was, he was an asshole. Uh, mm-hmm. That's who he was. Um, yeah, some things never he, change. Yeah, some things never do change. <laughs> um, but he was he was that type of person that was just that like he was he was a dick but when he needed to be serious and and, and like talk like talk to me yeah he would be like shut the fuck up man <laughs> shut up get over it exactly and i'd be like all right okay and yeah so so that and 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 so yeah the, those are like it, it's crazy the the like when you meet somebody that that actually does what you do mm-hmm. and it has a connection to that side and you can say the things that you want to say or, or talk about the things that hurt and it'd be like yeah yeah it, it does hurt but just remember like he's always here mm-hmm. it yeah. hurt. And a par- oh, go ahead go ahead no go, go ahead first okay no and, it, and it's just insane because i have a lot of people around me i as as alone as i feel like i don't feel so alone all the time because you never are yeah honestly I've even had them crash in on me when I'm trying to use the bathroom. So yeah, <laughs> they just, they have no boundaries. Sometimes they're like, oops, I came in a little too early. And I'm like, yeah, you definitely a little too early. Thank you. But yeah. yeah. I had this one where I was in the bathroom and this guy came through and he was wearing a fedora and all dressed up in his pin suit and, you know, pin suit um, or pinstripe suit. Sorry. And, uh, he, he's like, oh, excuse me, ma'am. I'm like, yeah, excuse me. And I'm, I'm a little busy right now. And he's like, I yeah. can't clearly. He was very punctual. So yeah. it does happen. Yeah. There's – so one thing, one oddity that I I, I do want to bring up, uh, and it's not about you. Um, okay. Do you believe that people can channel through like, – like spirits can channel through other people and, and use – that person's body as a vessel and speak through them as, it's as in like with their boundaries. Yeah. I seen something that I was not able to explain and it has baffled me. Um, so, so I will flat out tell you that I have seen um, people with attachments. Mm-hmm. I have seen some really crazy shit. Yeah. Like I have to write five books worth of the things that I've experienced this lifetime. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I, uh, 
I, it's what I experienced. So I was at my mom's house in Virginia beach mm-hmm. and uh, I had a buddy there and uh, I would say that he has an attachment and mm-hmm. he's had an attachment for a very long time, a very dark one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure you already know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so you say, Brian, Yeah, he, uh, so he, uh, he came to my, my mom's house. We, we picked him up and he's in the bathroom. No, first off, um, I don't know if it's an ability or if it, if there was something that was telling him, but he, uh, we were in the living room and I went to the kitchen to grab something and his shirt got pulled like right in front of everybody. And he turned around. And we sat down and we started talking because Brian and I were good friends. Uh, we're not so much anymore. But uh, he um, was, him and I were talking and he starts going through these reactions or these interactions that my mom would have with somebody that she lost when they were younger. And he goes over to a random family album. <laughs> Yep. And grabs grabs this book, flips it open, and says, "That's him." Names yep. him by name, and um, it it blew everybody's mind. And then he went into the bathroom, and you could hear this struggle between him and something else. And this something else came out, and it was Nick's voice, which is uh, a family member who committed suicide when I was a kid. And it was back and forth conversation. And it literally sounded like they were talking to each other, like Nick was physically there, but it was coming out of Brian's mouth. Right. And that, that's what blows my mind is, is that physically possible? Yes. But there's no boundary set in place. Right. People need to learn how to protect their energy so they don't become a victim of that because it can be fatal at times too. Well, then it, it progressively got worse because I didn't understand that. And and Brian was like, there's a bunch of spirits here. And we counted 19. Mm-hmm. And, and and he got possessed by every one of them. And, and the voice that was coming out of him was not his. It was somebody else. These 19 different spirits. And uh, crazy thing was, I was like, okay, that's a coincidence, whatever. Like, I discounted it. No, and then we we had an investigation, and they accounted for nineteen spirits in the house. Mm-hmm. And that was like that was my moment that I was like, everything that I have been told in my life is a lie. Yep. Everything. And it, logic is just not within embracing, honestly, when it comes to. No what we really are and what we're really capable of, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. there are way too many people that are very over analytical and always look at the, you know, like the, oh, that doesn't exist. And it's like, hmm, really? So when somebody walks into a room and you have an instinct of, okay, I don't like this person. What is that? That That's, that's natural instinct. Right. Natural mm-hmm. instinct is what? Intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet you want to disregard it like, oh, yeah, I don't believe in these people. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy the things that can happen. And I've had my own fair experiences with, own share of experiences, sorry, own share of experiences with it um, when I was younger and I didn't know my boundaries. And I would have some pretty devastating experiences including with demons even oh yeah so yeah and a lot of people are like oh i don't believe in that but i've seen too many experiences where that's been an issue um you know just as there is light there is darkness and there are some ghosts that don't want to cross over because they don't want to be judged they don't want to be you know dealing with the consequences that society has basically made a a difficulty with them believing that they're going to be okay. Not all of them are this way. Ghosts aren't as common as 
people crossing over like spirits. So ghosts are basically spirits that haven't crossed over. Spirits are those that have crossed over. That's the difference between the two. But that being said, it's really unfortunate that we live in a society that's so fixated on wanting to believe that things don't exist, that they don't open their mind to believing that things do exist, especially in ways that can help them because there are so many people that are stuck in their life in certain ways because they don't want to believe in anything else. Yeah. And because of that, they're getting in the way of their ability to live a life that they can love. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that bothers me about a lot of religion now is that they don't want to accept the fact that there is, uh, there is a much negative, much darker force out there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, with the Christian religion, they believe, you know, they, they believe in the concept of God, but some religions don't acknowledge the fact of the devil right. and, and or or whatever, whatever religion you fall on or whatever your, your belief is. Some people choose not to believe in, in a dark force. And, and I've seen it and I, I fully I fully believe it's there. Like there's just a, a and I'll say this and, and I, I could be wrong. It's just a small, it's just a small veil that you just boom. It's easier to access them than it is to access uh, a lighter, lighter mm-hmm. presence because we're so focused and fixated on, on a negative aspect that literally it's like a curtain. You just pull it back and they're there. Well, we always have the ability to connect with lightness and darkness. Yeah. So it's just a matter of us choosing which one we want to connect our light and darkness. Sorry. Um, but that being said, I was going to mention an experience that I had with one of the graduates from my course. She's, I could call her a colleague now because now she's in this profession too, and she's doing a great job, but we went to the house cleansing um, where this little boy was basically being taunted and there was some really bad energy there. There were seven demons that needed to be brought off the property, taken care of, like released, like go back to where you're from. And we worked really hard to get that going and it did happen and it did work. And the family feels so much better now. And the little boy, he had written on the door, yay or no, which that wasn't even his language. Like he was prompted to do that. Yeah. And it was not a good thing at all because it was, you know, evil that was basically trying to cause issues. But that being said, these things exist and these things needed need to be taken care of. I just had a client message me right before you and I got on this interview. She's experiencing something similar, not the same exact experience, but something similar. And a lot of, a lot of children are very spiritually gifted and they have that openness about them because they come into this life remembering heaven. They come into this life remembering of them connecting with people in spirit form and then they come into this life and it's like oh we try to undo that because we don't want them to believe oh you know you can't see it da 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 it's like you believe in a god you can't see why can't you believe in your loved ones past being around you yeah really yeah. if you look at the big with that so no it's it's just everybody needs to have more of an open mind and understand that you know it's not a bad thing that you're connecting with the right ones. I do not like Ouija boards. I am completely anti Ouija board. And I have seen my fair share of really bad things because those are being used. Um, so that being said, um, I always tell people, please don't do that because you're opening up to things that you do not want around you. You do not want around your loved ones ever. Yeah. Um, that's one of those, a Ouija board is something I'll never mess with. Like, you know, you and I talked before and I said, there's a few things, there's a lot of things I'll, I'll step into and I'll, I'll, I'll try, but there's a few things I won't. Ouija board is one of them. And voodoo is another one. Yeah. Two of the things, two of the things I'll never, I'll mess with black magic. And I have, um, uh, with the right, with the right intention. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'll mess with, you know, uh, contacting um things that i don't i don't know i'll do that but i'm not gonna mess with a ouija board i'm not gonna mess with with uh with voodoo because those are two things that i don't want a ouija board you open up doorways that may not ever be closed 
and, and whatever comes through, dude, that's that's on you and that's attached to you until either you you tell it to get gone and, and you believe that it's going to get gone or somebody assists you in getting it gone. And then and then voodoo, I just voodoo. There's so much deep rooted uh, mythology in it that you you don't really know what you're going to get. I'll flat out say that dark entities can and have taken lives. Yeah, absolutely. In the case, in the case of um, uh, the girl that inspired Emily Rose, the movie uh, Emily Rose. Right. And I'm disappointed that so many people aren't as open to that, especially in my profession. You know, they, they're like, oh, everything is all love and light. And it's like, that's only because you're only open to the love and light. You refuse to acknowledge the fact that there's darkness, too. And the dark, darkness needs to be transmuted into light or it needs to be brought over to where it belongs by the light in order for people to be safe and to feel like they're going to be OK again. Um, I've seen cases where it's taken a toll on someone's health where literally like they had multiple things wrong with them and they had no idea where it came from because it just came out of the blue. It was just like, whoa, you know, where is this coming from? And I've seen that before too. Um, I've seen it where somebody that was perfectly happy, perfectly healthy, all of a sudden felt like they wanted to go and end their lives because of things like this. And people don't understand the importance of being more aware of that and how to heal that and how to how to help people um, be safe again and feel good you know about their lives again and just feel good about life again just in general yeah absolutely absolutely so one final question before we shut the show down okay. um, anybody who is thinking about um, an ability that they that they have or um, or 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 they are experiencing some things that they don't understand mm -hmm. what advice would you give to them <sighs> arming yourself is important <laughs> um i'm very big on people reading books and educating themselves in the way that they need to be educated for them to understand how to work with that more so everybody has an intuition everybody has the gift of being able to connect with their loved ones and spirit too um some more than others but there's still that ability because we all have that as children we all have that as babies it's just something that we tend to grow out of because of the way that we've been taught just in general but that being said I do um, teach a psychic mediumship development course, which I'll be teaching again this fall. Um, that'll be something that people can view on my website, which is www.meganmoira.com. -E um, my new website will be launched later this weekend, hopefully, fingers crossed. But that being said, um, there are so many different ways that you can go about it. It's important to focus on self-care, taking care of yourself is number one, um, drinking lots of water, um, getting adequate sleep. You need to protect yourself, find ways of doing that. Meditation is super important too. Um, and you just need to focus on taking time for you instead of, you know, stressing yourself out because stress is basically an invitation for um, depression and other emotions that can be a magnet for less positive experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. All right. So this is a portion of the show that I don't tell anybody about. Okay. And this this is the portion of the show that kind of catches people off guard if you haven't seen my show. This is the portion where I tell you why I appreciate you. Okay. And, and I do this because we as human beings don't take um, don't take uh, good things and we don't soak them in. Uh, we don't we don't take uh, credit for some of the things that we do. And, uh, and 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 we also, in turn, don't give credit to people that that's credit that credit is due, which is why I created this extraordinary show is because I want to highlight the people that are doing amazing things in life, but also give them give them love, give them credit for the things that they've done because uh, they don't necessarily always get that. So first off, 
I want to say you are an amazing human being. I've only known you for about two months, but you have, you are an amazing human being. I've never had a bad feeling when it comes to talking to you. Um, and, um, so I want to thank you for that. I want to, I want to thank you and say that you've been a blessing into my life and into my wife's life. Um, I want to also thank you for all the lives that you've helped and all the lives that you saved. And regardless as if you say that it was a spirit guiding you or if, or if it was you intervening, you did that. You change, you change the prospect of somebody's life and you, you gave them a reason to live. And, and that, that should be, that should be celebrated. You should take a pat on the back because you don't do that enough. Exactly. You know, and I also want to, to thank you for everything that you're going to do. And I want to thank you for the fact that you took what you were given um, and, and you're running with it and you're helping people and you're trying to make the world a better place. And don't ever look at yourself as a failure because you're not. You, you are the epitome of success, whether you're helping somebody out, whether you're taking care of yourself, you are the, the facet, the, the vessel that's going to help other people not just recover from their trauma, but recover from, um, from their sorrow, their grief, their pain and their loss. So I want to thank you so much. I love you, my friend. <laughs> I love you too, sister. Thank you. And I call you sister because you are a part of my family. Ditto. All right. Do me a favor, please, and hug your wife for me. Will do. Will do. Um, but, okay. So where can we find you? Anybody that wants wants some advice, wants a reading, uh, anything like that, where can we find you? My website is www.meganmoira.com. My email to contact me at is infomeganmoira at gmail.com. That's I-N-F-O-M-E-G-A-N-M-O-I-R-A at gmail.com. Again, it's I-N-F-O-M-E-G-A-N-M-O-I-R-A at gmail.com. Um, I also have a Facebook business page that's very popular, um, has lots of great reviews on it too. I'm very grateful for my clients that have been kind enough to leave a good review of what they've experienced. Um, and that is Psychic Evidential Medium Megan Moira, if you look that up. Um, and again, my name is spelt M-E-G-A-N-M-O-I-R-A. -A. And I look forward to helping more people heal and know that they are loved and supported in the ways that they need because the world needs more of that, like I said, and we can change the world. I refuse to believe that we can't for the Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Thank you for taking this hour or so, a little bit over an hour to hang out with me, Megan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's my honor. Uh, and I want to thank everybody that's watching this. And I hope that you guys got something from this and that, that if there's that if you do feel like like there's something going on that you 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 take her advice or, or reach out to her and talk to her. She's very, a very personable person, very amazing person and very extraordinary. And you guys are extraordinary. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you.